Conspiracy Theory Test. I'm Karen. And I'm Yvonne and you're very welcome to maybe our third in person. I think it actually is our third in person one for sure. Uh, absolutely it is our third one. You're very welcome back to another in person, as we said, third in person one ever over two years. So we're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> great streak out of thir- nearly 40 episodes yeah three in person that's not bad <laughs> that's not bad at all i think that's good going yeah and again we've had a break because i actually finally caught covid hey! Hey! <laughs> I, had a, I had a good run i had a good run you did well two years in yeah two years in first ever pcr test uh it's your first ever pcr yeah and i just did it because all, like all my antigens were like coming back negative and i was like i'm gonna do a pcr now just to see and lo and behold she was sick it was really rotten but your lovely, um, you know, new unscathed nose got its first poke in the It around. got flushed out as well after that. Jesus, <laughs> like absolutely running a million miles. Whoever said it's a mild cold is a liar. Yeah, totally. I'd love to meet these people with supposed mild colds. Like my face was so swollen, I thought I'd been punched by Mike Tyson. <laughs> and I think at that stage I'd rather have been punched yeah, by my chosen that over yeah knocked the hell out of us yeah so we continue to not be those kind of conspiracy theorists absolutely no it's very real and it's poxy yeah it's, it's real we've lived us I can tell you two things it's real and it's shite when you get it <laughs> so long live the vaccine there it's on it's on record because you live to tell the tale because of it as well I did same as myself I got it just before Karen um, never want to be outdone <laughs> we have to do everything together yeah, we catch COVID together we podcast together <laughs> and those are the only things we do pretty much and we talk a lot actually, yeah, clearly exactly <laughs> so we're coming back fresh fresh as daisies because um, obviously no polls this week Ranton. we're looking at not much housekeeping not too much no no we've got some exciting collabs coming up but we're gonna make like Instagram uh, influencers and kind of blue ball you about them yeah it's in the pipeline but it's not there yet hashtag watch this space exactly exactly right well I kick us off then go on take it away man you're first let's go so I have to dedicate this week's episode to a very special listener because she's asked us six million times I think to do it okay she's been very persistent god bless her and Persistence deserves outcomes. So this episode is dedicated to our lovely dedicated fan, Finn. Finn! Finn, this is for you. You're finally getting your episode about Atlantis. Yeah. More like Atlastis. Way. I feel like we did this though, no? We did loads of things around us and we never actually covered us. Unless we did cover us, in which case... <laughs> brand new take you know? <laughs> like it's gonna be like how i'm gonna do jack the ripper about, about seven times with different theories do you say you're going you're just diving a little deeper can't help myself and then i scrambled desperately and nothing was coming to me do you know what this was gonna tie in with mine in a little bit We've got similar themes again. I love when this Well, happens. kind of ish, but I'll, I'm, I'm reaching, but I'm kind of reach anyway. <laughs> so my sources this week, right? History.com, National Geographic, and also a lovely little gem, which I don't know if you've ever seen or any of our other theorists have ever seen, but it's a beaut of a half hour segments called Unexplained with William Shatner. Oh, I haven't. Oh, get stuck in. I need to get into Shatner more, I think. 
Yeah, I'm not even a Trekkie, but he's fantastic. He's he just is. a gent. He's got that voice. Yes, lovely. And it works very well when you're listening to him talk about bizarre conspiracy theories. Okay. So, enough about William Shatner being great. <laughs> All right, then. I'm going to start with a little background in case people haven't heard much about Atlantis. So... We've all kind of heard that it's a lost city that's underwater. There's probably loads of mermaids swimming around, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's actually an island nation that was described by Plato in two of his dialogues, which are basically just his his very sensible philosophical uh, musings and writings. And he wrote about a very powerful nation that was created by Poseidon and gifted to his children. So it's run by trust fund babies already off to a bad start. No wonder it went underwater. Nepotism is alive away. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Elbleton Times Fire Island. Do you know, it's kind of like, yeah, you can't, you can't get a house without inherit it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope my Greek god dad can give me an island nation. You know, we just saved for a house, you know. <laughs> I mean, my dad gave me a little bit of help. Yeah. <laughs> it was all Thank God he's the like. god of the underwater. <laughs> <laughs> So he described a nation inhabited by demigods. You know, they're not quite gods, but they're his kids. So they've got some powers. Fair. And it's a large, powerful continent for the rise of ancient Greece. Now, how it's made up is it's uh, concentric islands that all kind of spread out from one another. And they're separated by wide moats and linked by a canal that penetrates the centre. And the islands contain, uh, with the capital right in the centre. So the little island right in the middle is the capital city. And the islands contained gold, silver and other precious metals and supported an, un- an abundance of rare exotic wildlife. And for all intents and purposes, it was a utopia because it's loads of demigods having the crack, loads of really nice wildlife and loads of really precious metals. So not only are they gods, they're also rich and have an abundance of everything. But what happened was, according to Plato, the citizens of Atlantis became more and more powerful and prideful. Um, he described it at the time as a hubris. And that's this kind of pride that comes before the downfall. And their pride eventually angered the gods and they destroyed Atlantic Atlantis. That's what put it underwater. Boom. Bye bye. Lovely city. You're having too much fun now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> That's what that says. That's like a bit of FOMO, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> what's going on How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you have that much crack? Heaven is cool. It was kind of the after party. Yeah. Um, like a Titanic underground kind of thing. Or oh, like, a not Titanic underground. <laughs> be, <laughs> not Titanic be, underground. Be grim. Be bleak. <laughs> I meant like the class session that they have under where they've no money, but they're having a great time. Like, these are commercial. Right, okay. And they weren't really stretch. having a great time then in the Titanic hour. Only for that, no, no, the jig. That yeah, little reel. That'd be, like, <laughs> Jack and Rose then, like, particularly Jack had a shite time. He had a fairly similar time to the Atlanteans. Well, if she had just been out of the way, he could have been on the war, on the bleeding piece of wood. Oh, I'm not getting I'm into it. it. No, I can't get into it. I'll be so angry at her yeah. and her door made for two, but it's neither here nor there. He wins like, how dare you? How dare you? I'm glad she was turned over for the Oscar that many times. Can't back you away of that, can you? <laughs> so there's loads of interpretations of this, right? And from the moment Plato first wrote about it, people started debating about whether he was speaking metaphorically or literally. 
And obviously now most people take it metaphorically, but we'll see. So some people have interpreted the dialogues as a metaphor and say that Plato was using Atlantis as a tool for teaching philosophy. Which makes sense. Yeah, that it's kind of, it's just this metaphor that he uses for parables about um, kind of wider life questions. Mm. Then there's early Christian readings of Atlantis, but these still debate its existence. And I have to say now, philosophy is nothing if not inaccessible. So these readings <laughs> are above my pay grade. <laughs> and then the, the modern interpretation believes that Plato was actually referring to the new world um, and that he was des- might have been describing the Americas. Um, and it's kind of an interesting theory because it simultaneously believes that it is a place but also that it doesn't exist, you know, that it's kind of more so describing the Americas rather than a... Schrodinger's Atlantis. Yeah. (laughs) It exists or it doesn't exist, whichever one you You take. (laughs) So I'm going to cover three theories on what it could be or where Atlantis could be. So the first theory is that Atlantis is very simply exactly where Plato said it would be. And that is just off the coast of southern Spain and right by the Strait of Gibraltar. This is where Plato describes in the dialogues. And where he describes now is covered by a marshland that's called Doniana National Park. And it seems to contain remnants of Atlantis. So there's a few archaeologists who are mad into this theory. So they did underground scans of the marsh. And they found breaks in the soil, uh, which were believed to be the markings of city walls. And the city walls were built in those really standout concentric circles. Okay, so this sounds super plausible. Yeah. Straight off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's really... um, it's a it's a really distinct way to build a city. It's yeah. not like other cities were modelled on this afterwards. Um, the concentric circles are really what's going to do it. And as well, there was organic matter that dated back to 5000 BC, found in that exact location. Mm. And that gets even more interesting, right? Because where the capital was estimated to be built, the underground scans found a thick methane layer. And in these instances, methane is associated with buried bodies. So it kind of makes sense that there would be a large concentration yeah. of humans and animals buried. And people had been living there or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It would have been the most densely populated. So that's why it's created this methane layer. And the theory goes that an earthquake combined with a tsunami caused the island to sink and marsh would have flowed over us. And that's how the marsh that exists there, the marshland, covers Atlantis. And this natural disaster is consistent with the attack by the gods that Plato describes. Ooh, this is a juicy one. Yeah, it works. It's like I like this one. Yeah, there's a few bits there. But because the Dunyana Marsh is, protect, is a protected wildlife uh, reserve, archaeologists can't dig to find Convenient. out more. I know, catch 22. Convenient but that it's protected. Hmm? Oh, water um sea kind of esca- excavations not excavations but digs yeah and they found city walls that can't be explained so that's they cool. can't be explained as atlantis, By atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go fix it get it for you <laughs> so that's a good one and then there's another theory that's similar enough it's uh, a few hundred miles 
away from us. Mm-hmm. But the other site is in Portugal and it's said to fit every clue left by Plato. Okay. So for this one, um, we look at a guy called Peter Dautry. Yeah. And he wrote something called Atlantis and the Silver City. And he argues that rather than looking at the geographical location, we should closely examine the descriptions left in the dialogues. Makes sense. And he claims that there are approximately 60 clues in the dialogues that we could still find today. The other ones are obviously kind of things that would be perishable or might erode. There's about 100 descriptions in total. That could be anything from a sentence to just a word. Um, And then 60 of them would still work. Um, And he claims that most of these can be found in this place in Portugal. So one of the descriptions, for example, is a description of great wealth. And at the time, Portugal was abundant with precious metals. Um, And he also describes an abundance of sweet chestnuts, which were plentiful in Portugal at the time. And he thinks what throws people off is that the word we've taken for granted to mean island when describing Atlantis is also used for peninsula. And the Iberian Peninsula is right by this location in Portugal. So he thinks that's what's kind of making the trail go cold. People are looking for an island, but they should be looking for, for a peninsula. peninsula. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is always kind of the way with these ancient languages. Yeah, because like, yeah, languages change so much yeah. over so many years. Like, Yeah, and we all use different words for different interchangeable things in different languages. Plato also describes a city that's less than a kilometre wide with a large harbour and overlooked by mountains. And of the 18 descriptors about this city, Mm. Daughtry could only find one place in the entire world that fit every single one. And it's this Portuguese town called Silvas. Now, it's exactly 9.25 kilometres from the sea, which is the exact distance Plato described. Oh, damn. I know, it's really precise. Wow. He also describes how the town was built of white, black and red rock, which can still be seen in the foundations of the town today. Like, the square is still built of that. That's so bizarre. Exactly, yeah, so it really fits us. It's really interesting that that means that Atlantis still exists as a functioning town. Yeah. And... But the question is, why aren't there runes then? Well, there were no runes. But off the coast of Gila in, in Sicily. Excellent pronunciation. <laughs> Great job. Have you ever heard Italian in a Wicklow accent? You have now. <laughs> so they discovered these bars of an ancient metal that's called uh, Oracalcum. Uh, that one. <laughs> you jinxed me with the description. <laughs> I was going to... Oh, man. Uh, or... Chalcum? There we go. I don't know now. Yeah, well, maybe. It's, it's that. It's, it's this like compound made of zinc and copper and a few other bits. And it's, okay. it's cool. It's shiny. And it's kind of like where silver is silver and gold is gold. This is like a metal, but it's like rainbow colored. It's quite cool looking. Okay. And that was known to be in abundance in Atlantis and a big export. That's what's described as an export from Damn. Atlantis. Atlantis was real. We just don't know exactly where. That's pretty much, yeah. What okay. I'm taking from that. Now I'm going to destroy all of these claims yes. with the last one. I love it. Um, no, no, no I'm going to ruin it for you. Because okay. you know where we're going. This takes. If you us... say aliens, <laughs> I'm going to walk out of this house. Now let me... Pre- and into the sea. <laughs> you might find it. might find Atlantis. <laughs> this, we move away from lovely Mediterranean Europe 
to uh, Dayton in Ohio, which is less known for its beauty and wild. Uh, but known for crackpot theories. Yeah, exactly. I'm guessing I've never been. <laughs> so we're going back to the 1920s to a medium called Edgar Casey. Great, oh, medium. I love it. I love a good medium. Love a good and medium. of course, he finds out where Atlantis is through a vision, which is where we should get all of our scientific discoveries, really. Oh, man. <laughs> sold. I'm sold already. <laughs> he claims, right, that it's not, that even though it existed at this time, it didn't look how Plato described, because he saw us in his mind's eye as a futuristic city with a hugely advanced technology. Okay. And he claimed that what happened was they had such advanced weaponry that when civil war broke out, they destroyed the nation with kind of these laser beams and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. And he believes it was nowhere near Spain or Portugal, but actually off the coast of Cuba. Right. Now, when, when they explored the, presumably not just this random medium, but when archaeologists explored the underwater caves at this coast there were etchings of concentric circles that matched the design of the city okay and a little bit more convincing again in 1522 when spanish explorers landed in cuba where is now cuba natives described how all the separate islands used to be one great continent until a giant cataclysm separated it into islands yes but geologists have since confirmed that this cataclysm did occur and it would have been a one big um, nation. Mm, interesting. But then what about the technology that Casey describes? So you could nearly guess what he thinks Greek gods were. Aliens. Oh, <laughs> a van. A collective sigh from everyone. Oh, man, we were so close. I know, we're right. We're like three cents from the end and I still shoo how it horned it in. Hang on, we're going to get a little sign. It has been zero episodes <laughs> since a van mentioned aliens. Zero episodes. And you know, I'm not actually a big fan of them. Um, giving aliens like credits for what you absolute liar (laughs) give them nothing but credit since we started this podcast (laughs) my god i don't like giving them credit for this because we don't even know if this place exists but we're we're pretty sure i'm pretty sure (laughs) so he believes right that the citizens of atlantis weren't actually demigods but they're the result of aliens procreating with humans obviously No. But he could explain then why a supposedly influential city has left little to no evidence of its existence. And he says because it was, of course, not a city or an island. It was a big spaceship and it took off and simply relocated. But <laughs> I can feel the sigh. I'm literally just like shaking my head for, for the benefit of, of the tape. I'm shaking my head at a man. And I'm just staring right into the screen. <laughs> Don't look directly at me. <laughs> <laughs> but this could actually explain why there are so many possible locations around the world. And it's also consistent with accounts in ancient Greek writing of stars falling from the sky into the ocean and creating islands where they fall. I don't know. It's it's not my favourite. Even <laughs> no, that's not my favourite. But I will give you one last bit of evidence that one of these theories could be true. And that is that Troy turned out to be a real city. It sure did. Believed to be mythical for centuries. 
and then they kind of just stumbled upon it. I would go with your first two more than the last one. Yeah, yeah, same. I wasn't married to the last one now. But what out of the two of them, I can't pick. Maybe because they're kind of similar. I think the Portugal one. Yeah. Because the distance... Like, how did Plato know it was 9.25 kilometres? From the city. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Well, I feel like the Portugal one is more... And it, to me, it would check out that Plato would leave clues in his writings. Yeah, that many descriptors. It's yeah, pretty impressive. I it's think cool. So. It's also the coolest one because that means that it's been there all along. And it's still there, operating as not a city but a town. I think we need to take a little trip. A trip added on to our Loch Ness Area 51 trip. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Jet setting. I like it. So I'm going to buy Theory 2 from you this week. I like it. I like it. I'll go with that one too. Perfect. Nice. That was a good one. Cheers. And the reason I say it ties in Can't is because there's a Disney film. Oh yeah, oh yeah, there is. Speaking of Disney, I was recently there, a couple of months back. You were. I was. And it's funny that you made my tea today in a little Mickey Mouse mug. That was on purpose. So my theories this week centre on the man himself, Mr. Walt Disney. Oh, I love a Disney conspiracy. You've probably heard this one, loads of people have heard this one. That he cryogenically froze himself oh yes I've heard this but I know nothing about it and this. is allegedly his head is like under the parts of the Caribbean ride in the American <laughs> Disney I've never heard that that's so, so the room the long time rumour and I'm gonna like caveat to this now it's been debunked many many times but am I absolutely gonna try and stir the pot and get it going again yeah oh yeah revivalist absolutely so I'm gonna tell you now so my Walt Disney theory my sources are YouTube Screen Rant channel uh, yahoo.com BBC Real uh, USA Today biography.com Rolling Stone uh, and digital spy movies and I also have some movies.allwomenstalk.com so I have a little a smorgasbord of theories. Yeah, deep dive there. We do. So we're going to start by talking about Mr. Walt himself, right? So the theory goes, for those of you who might not know, that Walt Disney had himself cryogenically frozen after his death in 1966, and his head is either like part of the parts of the Caribbean ride or buried under the parts of the Caribbean ride. When you say parts, like it's being used as a prop. Yeah. <laughs> and having been in the parts of the Caribbean ride, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> So why is this even still, like, a thing? So this has moved from the realm of conspiracy theory to, like, myth and urban legend. Oh, yeah. Right? So well-known. Yeah. So basically this, like, and his, like, kids and stuff and his daughters have come out and said, absolutely not. Like, one of them famously, famously said, like, I was at the funeral. He was definitely there. You know, kind of a thing. Or they're playing along. Or they're playing along. Yeah. And Disney might have orchestrated the most elaborate, slash expensive slash successful cover-up in their franchise history well a lot for expensive and successful is their modus operandi so you'll see now when i get into it right so the reason some of this it got a bit of legs is there was a, a guy i think by the name of michael mckinney mcconkey something along those lines and in 1964 he wrote and published a book about cryogenics so if you think of it this is this common kind of the space race with the Russians, it was starting, and JFK had famously said at the start of the 60s that by the end of the decade, there'd be a man on the moon, and it started all this with the USSR. So people were getting into, like, cryogenics. 
yeah, technology was like at the forefront of public. Yeah, yeah. And so your man writes and publishes this book in like 1964. Of course, like Disney passes away in 1966. And your man who wrote the book was like, oh, Walt and I had extensive conversations about this, you know, and he was into it. You know, he was an innovator. He was into it. And he was like, we just never got to iron out all the details, allegedly. But is that more you're trying to promote your book? Well, possibly now, yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, millionaires love getting into kind of wacky science. So, another reason that people believe that anytime you Google Disney and Frozen, there's nothing about his death. I was not expecting that turn. Right? That so it's brilliant. This is what like one this is what a couple of the theory theorists have claimed. And what is Frozen based on? Right? It's based on Hans Christian Andersen's Tale of the Ice Queen. So why not call it The Ice Princess? Why not call it something to do with Elsa? Why call it Frozen? Yeah, it's actually a really abstract title compared to their other titles. Yeah. Like Beauty and the Beast was called after the original. Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. All of them. Sleeping Beauty. And, you know, it actually kind of, I don't have my timelines perfectly down here, but 2010 or whenever it came out is kind of when the algorithms in Google started being ironed out. That you could just Google, say, a question. Yeah. Amazing. So again, it just it, and this is the thing. So and of course, then you have another you're frozen too. So you really have to like go past those first couple of pages. And who goes past like the first page on Google anymore? Nobody. Only theorists. Only theorists like myself. <laughs> so that is kind of the Walt Disney theory, essentially. And then allegedly in like 2021, 55 years after his death, USA Today people claimed that uh, in December. Uh, he was. They were going to bring him back to life. They were going to like de- defrost him. Oh, the time had come. Yeah, the time had come. Uh, but it was shared by the page Disney After Dark. Uh, <laughs> and again, like loads of people, like he kind of got legs and you know TikTok shares and all the rest of it. But uh, allegedly, Disney's body isn't frozen, and the screenshot of the headline circulating online or or originating on a satirical website. Oh. So. Yeah, basically, that's kind of the thing that, you know, a lot of people believed it, you know. But in fairness, Ivan, this leads me on to my next theory. Oh, which smorgasbord. Is a smorgasbord. <laughs> Disney love a cover-up. They do. They love, and why do they love a cover-up? They love having a nice, clean, squeaky, perfect family image. To the point that they actually used to edit out their cigarettes in Walt Disney's hands. When they were taking yeah, when they were taking photos of him at the at their parks because Walt Disney was a, like a famous lifelong smoker. Really? Yeah, and of course you wouldn't know that because a lot of the photos of him you're going to see are what him at the park. Yeah, and yeah. you can't even chew gum in the parks, let alone smoke. And I also found this out when I was watching those videos and stuff that uh, they have people dressed in black in the park. So if you rock up like drunk, you are just disappeared. Oh my. <laughs> You're pulled backwards into like a bush. <laughs> like you're like you're gone, pal. Out of there. And also, I also heard that uh, you know, like their cast members have to stay in character to yeah. the point that their Disney cruise staff in their contract is written in like, if you end up drowning, <laughs> right, you have to like not take your costume off. Oh my god! So you have to go drown somewhere else. 
and wait and get CPR. Because nobody wants to watch Goofy drown. Show what I mean? Nobody. Get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> nobody wants to watch Goofy drown. And even in what's there, there's a hospital nearby, I think. I'm messing up this fact. I can fact check it later. But there's something nearby so that they can rush anyone with medical issues. Oh, yes? So oh, okay. nobody dies in the park. So that historically no one's ever died there. Because, yeah, well, I, I haven't been to the Paris one. The Paris one is, like, miles away. Yeah. Well, maybe the American one, for sure. But the, the Paris one is, is miles away from that. Yeah, there's something around there that they're very proud that no one's died there. Which, low bar, Disney, to be honest. Low bar, man. <laughs> low bar. Right? But then, a few years ago, right, this, this theory came. While I was researching Disney and having the cracker or whatever, right? So this is from a Rolling Stone. I'm trying to think what I'm not sure about the, whether it was a recent. Oh yeah, so it was April 6, 2022, right? So recently enough. Okay. So I'm gonna just read it from Rolling Stone. Earlier this week, a photo started circulating on the encrypted messaging app Telegram, featuring Mickey and Minnie canoodling in front of a hundred dollar Target card. Right. <laughs> in the photo, Minnie is wearing a blue puff sleeve dress. Right. Yet the post which was shared to a conspiracy theorist channel with more than 50,000 followers, saw something far more sinister. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, friends, looks like a big blue penis. (laughs) Right? Looks like a big blue penis. Right? I'm going to show Van for the purpose. uh, I'm going to have to screenshot it. Like, like... Now, like, there's her hand, like, but... Unfortunate. <laughs> but Disney movies are apparently full of these. Right, but you know the way, like, given everything that's happened in America with all those god-awful, like, anti-LGBTQIA plus bills, so all those, like, anti-LGBTQIA plus crackpot people have been like, my God. <laughs> it looks like Mickey is hugging a Mickey. <laughs> And like, not only that, it's like he's happy about it. So all these crackpot theorists, and I know I sound like a crackpot now, but they're like, oh my god, they're trying to indoctrinate our children into making them gay. Right wingers love thinking that Disney has a really liberal agenda. I don't know whether it does or it doesn't. You know, there was a walk out there a few weeks ago as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that went well. Yeah, I don't, come here, they're still a multi-billion dollar company, so I don't know how much of a dent it's going to make, unfortunately. No. I mean, I think they're slightly getting better, but, uh, you know? Yeah. So, apparently, this image has actually been circulating since, like, 2015. <laughs> <laughs> so, they had to, like, basically posted a rant on Twitter claiming the people at Disney are pedophiles pushing a satanic <laughs> godless child predatory perspective. Um. So... Yeah, that's pretty much it. So they actually had to change it then. They had, like, and Target went and changed the image. So now I think it's them. I'm going to see if I can. I think it's them, like, very obviously holding hands or, <laughs> and not penises. So that was another conspiracy theory they had. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they do love cover ups. They do love cover. So what do you think then that Disney is actually frozen? I'd say so. And I'd say as well. Like, if his head is hidden in amongst that ride, I mean, it's still less scary than some of those animatronics. Telling you. <laughs> human head is totally fine. Some of those, like, that Peter Pan ride is a bit sus. Yeah, yeah it's a small world. What it, a nightmare. That was closed when I went. Oh, you're better off. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> it's it's a small world. It's too small a yeah, world. So you're closing in on me, to be honest. <laughs> so now let's run through some dark Disney theories from Digital Spy. My favourites. Okay. Uh, hit me with them. All right, here we go. These are great. 
And for those of you who haven't heard them, okay. <clears throat> Carl was dead all along, you know. Oh, so right. it's heaven. Or so, up, so basically, there's an emotional theory that dead all along on his trip to paradise falls. Paradise. Oh, is his move into the afterlife going with this? Russell is an angel trying to earn his wings, aka wilderness explorer badge. Ah, oh, and he does look like um, Clarence from its. And home. elsewhere, Charles Muntz is a fallen angel hell bent on dragging Carl to an underworld with its hell hands. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bits. Aladdin's post-apocalyptic future. Love this one. Have you heard? I haven't really gotten into this one. So, uh, is Aladdin set in a desolate wasteland after a catastrophic nuclear war? So this theory comes from the genie's reference to Aladdin's third century fashion and how he's been trapped in his lamp for 10,000 years. Yeah. So if anyone ever played the Sega Genesis Aladdin game, uh, there's an unexploded atomic bomb and tarted stop sign. So definitely like a dystopia kind of thing. We're back to, we're back to Frozen then. Fantastic. Christoph's morbid wardrobe. Oh. Right. So again, Frozen is already pretty dark. And a big cover-up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a twisted theory that Christoph is wearing the skinned pelt of Sven's mother. Oh. That's metal, as That's Look. <laughs> That's so heavy metal. I'm going to keep you around and kind of wear your mum's corpse as so, because apparently, like, this article says that Sven's mum seems like a bit of a Bambi situation. It's entirely possible that Ice Harvesters dressed the orphan Kristoff in her hide so he didn't freeze. And maybe the dim-witted reindeer is too oblivious to know his <laughs> gas. Or maybe audiences are looking a little too hard for a darker meaning. Well, you know what Frozen's really about. Yeah, I feel sick. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> so Andy's mom is the real villain in Toy Story 2. Did you hear this one? No. I've kind of heard this one before. <clears throat> so basically, so you know the the Jessie uh when she tells, you know, when the the when she loved me montage. Yeah. Yeah, when you find out like Jessie's kind of origin story. So we don't learn what happened to Jessie's owner. And um, so some theorists believe that uh the cold-hearted Emily who like discarded her is Andy's yeah. ma. Oh. So Andy has worn human-sized version of Jessie hat. Jesse's hat since the first movie, which is strange considering Jesse didn't arrive until Toy Story 2. True. Uh, again, then there's a there's a real there's the mystery around the real name of Andy's mom, and the ages also match up, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and this obviously this article was written before Toy Story 4. Captain Hook murdered Ariel. That is absolutely brilliant. Or Ariel's parents, sorry. So this is from Little Mermaid Ariel's Beginning. Right, okay. Matches up with the sirens. Right. So The Little Mermaid was basically... The original came out in 1989 and then the the Ariel's New Beginning was like 19 years later. So basically, it's revealed in the New Beginning one that Queen Athena is killed by pirates. And in Peter Pan, there was a red-headed mermaid that looked a lot like Ariel converting in the lagoon. And uh, mermaids were really scared of Captain Hook. Oh my god, does that imply that he's been killing them? Yeah. <laughs> Disney is so much darker as an adult. This is such it is, especially this one is good. Cars killed the human race. <laughs> they absolutely did. In cars. <laughs> right? So there's a so basically uh the wild theory takes us way into the future beyond even Wally, where the human race has been wiped out by murderous motors. Isn't there a Stephen King book about that? A haunted car. Oh, is it? I think so. <laughs> so Stephen King about a haunted everything, so it would make sense. The, worryingly, 
This one is all but confirmed thanks to an interview between Carbs creative director and Screen Crush. War theorized that the cars took over their advanced AI and then adopted the personality of their previous owners. <laughs> The creators just want to see the world burn. That's perfect. Absolutely. Definitely. Peter Pan is the angel of death. Oh, what he's coming for kids. <laughs> <laughs> so if you wonder why the Lost Boys didn't grow up, it's because they're already dead. And oh, Neverland is the afterlife. That makes sense, but it's so grim. <laughs> yeah, he could be the angel of death. Yeah, that Maybe. makes sense. Why he's so involved and in kind of indoctrinating them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That Frozen was actually created. Yeah, I'll buy that. And do you know why I'll also buy it? Because I do think that Walt would be a fan of reanimation. animation <laughs> <laughs> Got a pun in there. Do you gotta the do end. it, man. You gotta do it. I think... Yeah, I... I come here. Probably not, but also... I would love if that... They accidentally created one of the most successful movie franchises of all time on the back of a cover-up. Yeah. <laughs> we may as well be hugely successful while we're at it. Here, we'll just, we'll just call this film Frozen and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, get your one and dial in there. No one will pay attention. It's grand. Just a few songs. <laughs> Talking snowman. <laughs> what? Come on. They'll never know. Nobody goes past that first Google page. Nobody. <laughs> we'll do the same thing if we ever scan. Yeah. We'll... Well, now we're at the from. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean nothing we'll do nothing we'll do no such thing we're well, just going to happen to name the next episode embezzlement <laughs> uh, and it'll be shot live from the Cayman Islands <laughs> exactly so there you go there's there's just loads of theories around Disney absolutely I'm into them I love the juxtaposition between because he's so squeaky clean and it's so family friendly anything dark around that is brilliant there you go. So now those are my theories. I'm buying them. It's two beliefs for two there this week. Your. Yeah. So let us know what you think. We'll stick up an L Instagram poll and you can vote for your favourite theory slash most believable one. Yeah, and do give us a follow or subscribe on um, whatever platform you listen to us on here. It really helps us along. A good review always helps too. Absolutely. And otherwise you can catch us on social media, The Conspiracy Theory Test. Or at Conspiracy Test on Twitter, or you can drop us an email at the Conspiracy Theory Test at gmail.com and let us know what you think. And thanks for joining us for another in person episode. And here's to many more of them. Have a good week, guys. Chat to you later. <laughs>